Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Wayland. And I'm Eric. I just had it too. You know what's really funny is I was going through all the episodes of season seven yeah. and I was writing down all your different names and I got to your Mumford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, I just had it and well, it's just, gone now. Eric. Eric. Like, okay. Just, yeah. just Eric. Just Eric, I guess. Shit. Like, just Harry. Just Harry. Just Harry. Well, just Harry. You're a wizard. Oh my God. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, dude, silence is blowing up, man. Is it? Yeah, it's uh, of season of the season seven episodes. Mm. Uh, according to the YouTube analytics, it's the our second most viewed video, which means it has seven views. <laughs> well, it has thirty seven. What? I think Ikuru has thirty nine. Oh wow! Yeah, that's what. Listen. <clears throat> You know it's sad when I'm getting excited for double digits. That's a big deal. Well, I mean, but then again, our Shaun of the Dead has over 2,000 views. Unreal. Yeah. Or is it 200,000? I think it's 2,000. It's 2,000. There's okay. no way it's 200. We'd be, we'd be rich. Yeah, we would be able to monetize the YouTube channel and probably. make money off of that. Yeah, probably. But yeah, no, dude, I, I was really happy to see that because I... Yeah, it's cool, man. I thought, we, I thought it was a great episode. I did too. <clears throat> we were back together and... I don't know. It was, it was a good episode. It was a good episode. We did really well. I, I am, I will say, I am slightly worried about this one, though. Oh, are you? <clears throat> yeah, just because... When did you finish the movie? Oh, today. Today. Okay. Um, so I watched the first hour on Sunday. Okay. <clears throat> Ashley and I had... Sorry, everyone. I ate and my my sandwich is... Your esophagus is yeah. in distress. <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's, it's closing up. No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to die on camera. Mm. Uh Sidebar, I've been using your whole... I'm going to pass away. I'm going to pass away. I'm going to pass away. So I watched the first hour last night. Uh, Ashley and I were having dinner with her, me, mom, and Paul. And, uh, but we couldn't stay late. Mm-hmm. So I only was able to watch the first hour. Mm-hmm. And then today on my lunch, I la- watched the last 40 minutes. Got it. Um, but yeah, uh, we're talking about on the waterfront. On today. the waterfront. Uh, yeah, the only reason why I'm worried about it is just because... As we were kind of mentioning off mic, um, my only qualm with the movie, which I enjoyed, I did enjoy the movie, is the soundtrack due to the editing. It was just so unbelievably loud. It was very loud. So I watched it last night, the whole thing. Okay. We drove in from Sulphur Springs, uh-huh. um, which is about a seven hour drive and change. Um and as soon as we got in the house, I go, I got to go upstairs. It was like 10, it was 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. It was so late. And I was like, I got to watch this movie. I, I can't, you know, I, I won't have time tomorrow. So I go, and, um, I drank coffee on the way. <laughs> so you could stay awake. Yeah. Uh, I bet you regret the coffee as soon as that first like music string hits and you're like, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was, it was a little jarring. The music, um, but, you know, I mean, it's once you understand that the guy who who scored the, the movie, uh, it was his first non-musical. Mm-hmm. Right. So it makes the it, you understand that why the music is so theatrical and so over the top, not yeah. necessarily in in volume, which is, you know, not their fault. Yeah, that's that's due to editing. And... But, you know, just due to the, you know, the the scale of the. Yeah. 
of the musical numbers. Yeah, but I just wanted to bring that up because God, it's it like why is this? Why is the soundtrack so loud? It's very loud. It yeah, was like when loud. we went and saw uh, what did we see at? It was when we saw Nope in IMAX. It was so loud. Yeah. Good God. Yeah, it's mm. too loud. Uh, but anyway, so this was the first viewing for the both of us. Yes. Uh, so what did you think, man? I thought it was wonderful. I mm. loved it. I I think the acting was amazing. I thought the direction was great. Um, once I learned a little bit more about the, you know, the backstory and you know the the filming and all that stuff, it's very interesting because of the the subject matter and the the plot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Brando. You know, it's. Yeah. It's it's the thing that people go to when it, you quote Brando. It, it was yeah, it was uh, yeah. Before as I did as I was, we were talking about off mic, um, <clears throat> it was before his first fall in his career. Before his career sort of took a dive a little bit, mm-hmm. and then shout out to our Godfather episode. Yeah. Then the Godfather launched him back into the stratosphere. Of course. Um, but yeah, but uh, also not for very long. Yeah, not for very long because then he fell back down again gotcha. and didn't get back up. Uh, no. Um, but yeah, you know, the, I've always wondered where the famous, I could have been a contender yeah. line came from and this is it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. Um, and it was also very interesting for me cause I haven't seen a lot of Brando's films besides the Godfather, uh, to actually see him. I mean, yes, he was, he was still probably method acting since he's credited as really bringing method acting to Hollywood. But it just it didn't feel like he was he was putting on a performance. It just felt like he was genuinely. It felt very natural. I agree. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's why it's one of the best. It's one of the best performances. It's one of his it, best films. It, it, yeah, it got him an Academy Award. Yeah, it sure did. Because yeah. then Godfather was his second. At the time, he was the youngest person to win. Yeah. The best actor. Yeah, yeah. As we were talking about off mic, that it was him for a while. It was him for a while. Then it, someone else beat him. I don't remember who. And then Adrian Brody beat him for the pianist. Nice. Uh, shout out to Adrian Brody. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if he listens? Oh. He's like, oh, thanks guys. Oh, thank, you. thank you, my boys. Thanks guys. Comments are like, that's not Adrian Brody. <laughs> hey, that's some guy pretending to be Adrian Brody. <laughs> it's me in disguise. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we haven't seen you two in the same room together. so That's I mean. true. Well, buddy, uh, would you like to hit everyone with that little synopsis? Sure. Um, Okay. Terry is a longshoreman who in connection with his brother has ties to the mob connections who run the union Mm -hmm. for the longshoremen, right? For the dock workers. Um, Things are not great with the, with the relationship between the people who run the union and the workers themselves. Um, Very seldom does everybody get to work every day. Right. And so wages are also down and so um, obviously morale is down because no one gets to work. every. Not everybody gets to work every day. Mm-hmm. They are trying to support their families. They're trying to survive and they just can't. Right. But also when people speak out against the mob and the union, um, it doesn't go so well. Nope. Um, which is how the movie opens yeah. with, uh, with Terry um, coaxing his, his friend up to the roof. Uh, and they throw him off the roof uh, for for ratting against uh, the mob. Yeah. Um, and he he then reconnects with an, a childhood friend. They were childhood friends, right? 
Yeah, I think or that's school friends. Yeah, I think that's what it's implied. Uh, because she was going to call it a college run by nuns. And so she's in college. Um, and so they either knew each other in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the sister of um, the Johnny, guy he yeah. helped get killed. Right. Uh, played by Eva Marie Saint, who is still alive, by the way. Mm-hmm. She is 98 years old. Um, and every once in a while is on Turner Classic Movies. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, doing interviews and things like that. That's awesome. Um, and he is now struggling with his allegiance, right? Because now he's seeing, you know, a really evil side of, you know, the, the mob, and which he should have already done that. But uh, <laughs> he, he's seeing the side of the of the worker and seeing how bad it is really through Edie. Edie is helping him see all of that mm-hmm. along with the priest uh, as well. And of course he's struggling with, do I maintain my loyalty or do I risk it for the greater good and speak out against the union and the mob? And mm-hmm. so slowly uh, he starts to realize when more people start getting killed or hurt or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, when they speak out against them that, you know, this is no way to live. He can't do this anymore, right? Yeah. They have made him something that he hates and that he is ashamed of, right? And so then he goes and speaks out against the mob. He's um, He testifies in court against uh, Mr. Friendly, uh, yeah. played by Lee J. Cobb, who is unbelievable in this movie. Shout out to our 12, 12 Angry Men episode. I mean, he's just brilliant. Uh, and... And he pays a price, but he comes out as a winner at the end, right? Um, In uniting the workers against uh, against the union bosses, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, The mob, and that's on the waterfront. You know, so like I said, I wanted to I wanted to surprise you when I brought this up. This has a lot of stuff we've already kind of talked about with you know mob ties and stuff in Scorsese movies, mm-hmm. you know, like the mob is fun until it's not. The mob is fun until it's not. I thought about that last night when we were watching it. Cause we, <laughs> Haley was asleep. I, <laughs> when I was watching it, um, I, I, I thought about that because I was like, you know, he's doing pretty well up until I would say a quarter of the way, maybe a third of the way. Yeah. Uh, then it starts to go a little downhill. Um, we're going to talk about this in length later. But I need to get it out there. Elliot Kazan, who is the director of the film. um, The reason why this is so important to know that he directed this film is he testified against his fellow um, his fellow filmmakers uh, and named names during the McCarthy hearings uh, during the Red Scare. um, Yeah. And called them out as communists. Right. Uh, He. Now were they actually communists or? Um, or was... Some were, some were. You know, I mean, it's it's sort of like. Well, now. Yeah. You know, he. It's all accused. They're witch hunts, right? Yeah, that's all that. McCarthyism yeah. is witch hunts, yeah. and so he. But he named names, right? Yeah. That's a no-no. You don't name names, especially yeah in Hollywood in nineteen fifties. He uses this film to justify his actions. He uses this film to say, "See, this is what the good can do when you name names. When you, when you go against." the threat or mm-hmm. you, you, you stand up for yourself and you testify or you, you rat, you know, you're yeah. a canary, right? Yeah. Um, it's 
bullshit, but it's just his <laughs> reasoning. Uh, and it won him like fucking eleven Oscars. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, he was he was just like scoreboard. Oh, I have a quote. Oh. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's important to know going forward because um, I, I think that a lot of things in this film are highlighted specifically because of mm-hmm. this film and the reason it ends the way it does is Kazan, right? Yeah. Is Elliot just saying, you know, see he's triumphant, you yeah. know, by standing up. Yeah. And in reality, that didn't happen. I was right? just about to say, like, that probably had repercussions for him. Well, in this is based on a true story, uh, sort of. Uh-huh. Um, these people are based on real people, and um, Terry's counterpart, real life counterpart, was not as successful oh. uh, when he spoke out against uh, the mob union uh, union heads. So they get those concrete shoes. He might have, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I I think that you know Kazan wanting sort of this justification i don't know if he found this story first or if he was trying to find a story right right trying to find a story to fit his his personal narrative yeah i bet you it's the former i bet you just found it and then was was like like, oh exactly um but we'll get to that later um let's talk about let's talk about brando absolutely dude um he, he bro again it was so refreshing to see him not try to play, you know, not performing, just, you know, acting, as you said, you know, which I agree with. It was, it feels very natural, yeah. you know, I mean, granted in Godfather, him playing Don Vito still felt very natural, of course. but he is playing a character, you know, you can tell he's playing Don Vito and, you know, which... Next on my list of Brando films to watch is Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, and I've read that even that one, he method acted as well. Of course. You know, shaved it, his head. Um, but I don't know, just something about this performance, I was just like, man, he's he's killing it. Yeah. And, of course, but, of course, all I could think of is all the stories we've heard about Brando, you know, his refusal to learn lines. And- <laughs> I'm wondering if this was also that because... I, I, can't, I couldn't find anything that said that he didn't on this film. I can't imagine him doing that here. Right? Yeah, because I read... Oh, I didn't read. I counted. I think this was only his sixth movie. You need confidence for that. You know, yeah. you need confidence to be like, I don't need that. Yeah. Right? yeah Brando by the Godfather, that makes sense. Of course. <laughs> Coppola, I don't know who you are. I'm not learning these lines. Like, I don't... Yeah, I'm not gonna... You tape it to Duvall's chest. I'm not doing this. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not learning shit. But I think in his early days, you know, like yeah, this probably, one, yeah. Streetcar Named Desire, One-Eyed Jacks, I think he's sort of learning his lines. <laughs> I yeah. think he's he hasn't gained that amount of confidence yet. Yeah. I think an Oscar helps. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah, no, and I just, and I, and it, I don't know, and, and, and not to tie it back to Goodfellas again, but like, I did feel like we were kind of watching sort of a Henry Hill esque. Um, That's interesting character, you know, Terry. But rather than Terry wanting to be a part of this life, it was more like he was sort of welcomed in. I think it. that might be the case because you know, his brother was in it. Yeah, right? as where Henry wanted it. wanted to be in the mob. Yeah, I think um, that he sort of fell into it and. 
was didn't accepted. see a downside. Yeah, and, right? and, and was Until accepted. Later. Yeah, yeah. And well, and what kind of started for for Terry his seeing the downside is Joey getting killed. Right. You know, he was like, I thought they were just gonna lean on him. Right. Like, yeah. The, and then he even tries to say before Charlie kind of steps in. Charlie's his brother, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, he says like, if you would have just told me and Charlie's like, Oh, Hey, uh, <laughs> Hey, he's, he's $50 short, you know? Yeah. You know, cause I think he, I think Charlie knew that if Terry finished that and was like, you know, I wish you would have told me, you know, maybe I could have talked, you know, something or something. Right. Exactly. It, it, it probably would have made it worse. Yeah. You know? And I think that's when Terry's kind of starting to realize like maybe, or it's, it's planting the seed. Yeah, kind it's plain because it, there is doubt starting to form, right? You can see that. But he still is like, well, you know what? Like, you know, like with, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was when he's when he's defending uh, Johnny Friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which as soon as they said that's was it, that was his name, Lee J Cobb's name. I was like, all I can think of that's is Johnny Dangerously. Oh Jesus Christ! That's not what I was saying. Shout out to Michael King. Oh my God. Um. But you know he's defending him like no he, he used to take me to ball games when I was a kid you know yeah yeah and it's uh, yeah you know and it's I think you know he's blinded by the the privilege he is gaining from being in this in this inner circle right because mm-hmm. he's getting to work every day yeah right? he's got the the, the cushy job in That's the loft. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not only is it a cushy job, I think sometimes he does, you know, have to do the hard labor and work mm-hmm. on the docks, but he gets to do it every day. Yeah. There's no risk of him not being able to work. There's no risk of him not getting a paycheck, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like he's not so in that he gets, you know, a three-piece suit and count the money. Right, like Charlie does. Right, but he he gets comfort and security and knowing that he doesn't have to worry about you know day to day well and i think and you know that it's almost like that's all he wants i just want to be able to work it's all i want to do yeah I, I agree with that 100%. as we learn he used to be a pro boxer yep and he fucking took a dive too took a dive and that ruined his career yeah it's almost you know it's we're getting these these ideas and, and notions that he's never really been a moral per- or he, you know, he doesn't not necessarily immoral, but he's, he's doing what's best for him at the time. Yeah. Right. I don't think that he is necessarily looking forward to the future repercussions. Mm-hmm. Right. I think they said, listen, if you go down in the whatever round you get paid, you know, yeah, like you got it, yeah. you know? And even the, was it the, it's not the FBI. Who was that? Uh, uh, they're just the like the crime commission. Was even I'm assuming they're just like private investigators. Either did his research or was there. Yeah. At, at Madison Square Garden when he took that dive mm-hmm. and was trying to test him to see you know um, if he actually remembered the fight or if probably more to see if he felt guilty about uh, throwing it. Yeah, and he kind he. Kind of does, and it was uh, was it his brother who convinced him to do that? Because yes, because it's right. when it's when, uh, which I really want to spend some time on, but it's when Charlie's trying to convince him, you need to do what's best for the union, right? You know, just take the job, 
all is forgiven, everything will be good. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they start reminiscing on his boxing history. Right. And, you know, his brother was like, you know, we should have never gotten you that, that manager. And he was like, it wasn't the manager, it was you. Right. You came to me and you said, this isn't your night. Yeah. And he was like, I could have torn Winslow apart. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, but all you just came to me and you said, this isn't your night. Yeah. He was like, and I did it for you. And and you can tell that Terry Terry definitely loves his brother, especially with what happens in the very next scene. Right. But he kind of calls his brother out on his bullshit. Well, and, you know, I think in that moment he's finally realizing that, you know, I if I were making decisions for myself, I would be I, I would be something. Right. Yeah, and that, I, there's that speech. I would be a contender. Right. I'd, I'd be a somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Had he had he not thrown the fight beaten winslow he probably could have kept going or something right and he never would have gotten uh you know sucked Mm. into this longshoreman mobster racketeering shit right and it's so interesting to see this sort of duality of, of of him because he is on one side content and fine Mm -hmm. on the other side he's struggling with this is wrong right Mm -hmm. or the actions that I am a part of are hurting so many people. Yeah. Right. I am. Not so much physically hurting, which of course, yes, but also just financially hurting. Right. Emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah. Right. Um, especially when Joey dies, um, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the father and the, the sister are, you know, mm-hmm. hurting. Yeah. And you know, and I love, I love the, the conversation he has with the, the priest about, you know, the priest is like, well, what are you going to do about this? Yeah. Like, what are you going to, are you going to, and he's like, and, and Terry, even though they give him a lot of shit, Terry is smart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just like, what do you like, you mean telling her? He's like, yeah. Like, well, how, like, are you going to tell her? And, you know, it's just, I, I, I love a character kind of like this, you know, kind of like this sort of, not amoral, but he, he is in the sort of this ambiguous gray area mm-hmm. where, Again, I think you said it perfectly. One hand, he's content. He's content doing, you know, working with the union, with the mob. But on the other, he's like, well, maybe I should be doing, you know, maybe I should be doing the right thing. And, you know, and I just, and I really love a character like that, especially one that's so well written and well played by Brando. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to... You want to talk about Lee J. Cobb for a little bit? Dude. <laughs> Dude. As he's, we were talking he's, about... Off, he's a scary guy. As we were talking about off mic, like, did Lee J., like, did Lee Cobb get the, 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 the reputation of... He plays a really good angry guy. Because mm-hmm. uh, I barely remember half the stuff we talked about in our 12 Angry Men Oh, episode. I don't remember those years ago. But I do remember saying how how frustratingly arrogant his character is because he yes. was he was, he was juror three four? couldn't tell you but you know he was the one who was so argumentative right he was one of the last to break yeah and it just it pissed me off because he was so angry yeah and he had no reason to be angry <laughs> but this one you know the anger was was understandable right because again having done so many mobster movies on the show already you know, I understood, like, okay, well, he's the boss. Yeah. People can't be ratting. People are infringing upon his power and money. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah and uh and 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 lee cobb plays such a good mob boss mm-hmm. you know on one second being you know when 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 we see him interacting with terry for the first time he's like oh, i love this kid this kid's great he's a good kid yeah and then immediately when charlie says how one of the guys is fifty dollars short. Dude, when he roughs up that guy, it was it's scary. He's, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He because it goes from like, and it's just a simple line, a very very little kid line, but you know, gimme, yeah, gimme, gimme, and he just goes from zero to ten. Yeah, and roughs that dude up, slaps him across the face, and then it was like, all right, now I've got your money, get the hell out. Yeah, you don't work here anymore. You don't work here anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, it's could have been way worse. Yeah, could have been worse, especially. Uh, especially how the movie progresses with him. But I will say, um, much like mob bosses, he doesn't get his hands dirty a lot. No. Um, the only time we see him get his hands dirty is in the final scene. But even then, once uh, Terry's got the drop on him, he calls in his lackeys mm-hmm. to help him out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and then... And, and, and man, Lee Cobb was just—he was so good. Yeah. So so scary, so threatening, especially, and and I feel like I've said it before. If not, I'll say it now. It reminds me a lot of Brad Pitt in the assassination of Jesse James. Okay. By the coward, coward Robert, Robert Ford. Ford. <laughs> you can't say that without saying. I yeah, I got to do the whole thing. Um, you know when when Brad would switch between really evil and really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think Lee, just like, well, how maybe Brad was channeling Lee. I think he's the scariest when he is so calm. Mm-hmm. Like when Charlie's pretty much pleading. Yeah. Like he's my baby brother. You can't like, let's just leave him alone. Yeah. He's gone. He's not going to rat. And he's calm for a majority of that conversation. And I was just like, yeah, 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 like oh shit, like he's already like enough has happened in the film where you know what's coming. Yeah, you know that even though he's calm, you know inside he's like, well, this if he doesn't do this, we're gonna do you know, and he's already five steps ahead mm-hmm. of everyone in the room, and it's that's when I found uh, Johnny to be the most terrifying. Yeah, is when he's that calm. Yeah, and again, it's because by this point, you know, we're an hour and twenty minutes into the movie. Yeah, and we're like, okay, yeah. Well, we know what's happening. Yeah. Um, dude. Yeah, Lee J. Cobb, man, he's 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 got a good face for it. Yeah. Right. We've talked about that before about people having good faces. Yeah. He's got a great face for this. He's got a good angry face. Yeah, and I think it's because he's got so much, not fat, but he's he's got a lot of weight in his cheeks. Got a jowl. Yeah, he's got a good jowl and a good chin. Yeah. He's, yeah. And if. I know, dude, and see, and that's, and it's so good to have that kind of contrast to Brando, mm-hmm. you know, where you have this, you know, both of them have good faces, yeah, uh, especially Brando at this. I mean, dude's handsome, dude's handsome, um, and it just made such a good, you know, uh, uh, contrast, contrast. Yeah, I, I, well, I was almost gonna You're say gonna juxtaposition at another another word yeah i was gonna say like just juxtaposition but i was like no that's not a good one but yeah and and dude how he keeps everyone in line man yeah um i will say though 
I didn't like his hype man uh, truck, who would just come in and be like, just a, just say the last thing that he said. Uh huh. I'm just like, dude, that's so annoying. But every mob boss has to have a hype. Of man. course. Yeah. Got a hype man. Got to have a hype man. Um. All right. Even Marie Saint. Dude. This is another another movie you've picked with such a great female lead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with like limelight, I can't think of that actress. Claire Bloom, phenomenal. Yeah, and I think uh, Ava Marie Saint was, she was awesome. Yeah, she is what pulls, what pulls um, Terry to sort of to follow his conscience, right? Mm -hmm. She is his, I mean, she is his Jiminy Cricket in a way. She is (laughs) his conscience, right? Because she is, she is the, the, I don't want to say aftermath. She's the, um, whatever, what's left over of a tragedy, right? She is the reminder of who these decisions are hurting. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, also with bringing in that priest, uh, there was a, a, that, a real priest that actually does, uh, that actually did hang out at the, at the shore and on the waterfront. That's the name of the movie. That's the name of the movie. Um, and did try to get people to stand up against the, the mob and the union. Yeah. And, and this movie, what I really love what it does is nothing happens to them. I mean, like threats are made mm-hmm. towards Edie. And Father Barry, I think. Oh, look. I'm 90% certain it's Father Yeah, take your time. Um, but, you know, threats are made against them, but nothing happens to them. As where, you know, like in, again, not to compare another Scorsese movie, but in other, you know, Scorsese movies, those people would have probably ended up dead. Yeah. But but I feel like that just, gra- that this adds to the tension of this movie. Mm-hmm. But the movie didn't need to rely on Edie dying right right i agree i think the emotional crutch for terry was charlie dying you know yeah so and 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 i just love that so much like because my first thought when we meet edie i knew like okay she's probably going to become the love interest right and she'll probably die here in about 30 minutes (laughs) and she doesn't no and and i i was like that's so it's so refreshing mm-hmm. that in a mob movie the love interest doesn't die. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in fact, actually, she tries so hard to, even though she's encouraging Terry to stand up and speak out against these things, she also tries so hard to get him to stop acting so irrationally. Yeah. Like when he finds Charlie and he's gonna go down to the bar and yeah. she's like, No, just just come home with me. Mm-hmm. Just just come home, and he's like, "Nope, we're yeah, I'm gonna go kill Johnny now." <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I, and and I love that nothing happened to the the priest, especially Father Barry. Or Father, yeah, especially after that awesome monologue. Yeah, after uh, Dugan. Oh, good luck, I'll Duggan. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ko Duggan. Yeah, after he dies, and that that awesome monologue about yeah. how every murder is a crucifixion and every you right. know and they're like well you get back to your church and you know this is my church right like, oh. yeah and so i love that we had these two morally you know uh 
light characters that nothing bad happens to. Yeah. You know, and again, even though as we've talked and preached about how amazing Scorsese is, uh, had this been a Scorsese movie, they both would have probably ended up dead. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and so it was very refreshing that these two characters make it to the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, uh, but dude, uh, the chemistry between Edie and Terry. Yeah. There's the, the scene where he picks up the glove and he puts it on, uh-huh. uh, that wasn't scripted and, uh, she had actually dropped it and, um, they thought they were going to yell cut. And so Brando just put it on and, uh, he liked it. He liked the, what he called it, uh, the, a new piece of business uh-huh. with the, with the props era costume. And uh, he asked them to do it again for for the camera, and so that's where that comes from. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, again, it's it's the the chemistry between them. It's you know. And this was her first film, wasn't it? Because it says introducing. Yeah. So yeah, and she she kills it. She, you know, because by this point, like I said, I, I think of this was Brando's sixth film, so he's already have a he already has a name for himself. Oh yeah, because he's already done a streetcar. So, yeah, people know who Marlon Brando is. Yeah. And she stands toe-to-toe with him. I agree. Yeah. So well. Yeah. You know. Uh, I forgot the point I was about to make. That's okay. <laughs> That's right. We're, you know, we're, we're singing the praises of even Marie Saint. You yeah. Know? Uh, she's phenomenal. And, again, still alive. 98, which is crazy. Yeah. Is she the only one from the, that movie who's oh, still Oh, Probably. Alive? Yeah, because... I can't yeah, imagine anybody else. Because Brando passed away in 2004. Is that right? I yes. I don't know. Yes. I'll tell you right now. Actually, 2004, that's right. He was 80. Got him. Got him. Well, yeah, because he had become the whale. Oh, my God. That's what Aronofsky's new movie's about. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, man, it just... I don't know what else to talk about because the movie was so good. I know. And and there was things I did want to talk about, but like after the movie completed, I was just like, man. Oh, I know what we can talk about. Sure. The end. Sure. Uh, because the the end is, I was not expecting the end. Truthfully, I did expect Terry to die. Yes, so did I. Um, and I expected him to sort of become a martyr. Yeah. And well, and I had a suspicion that the do- the 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 longshoreman would eventually stand up, mm-hmm. but of course, after Terry died and became a martyr, I was not expecting him to survive. Right, right, right. And have that very triumphant walk. Yeah. Into the warehouse, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's so it's so dope, man. Yeah. Uh, especially by this point. So okay, so. Terry's, Terry's ratted, which good for him. Um, and funny enough, they're not coming after him, but I think it's because Johnny says like they're under a mic, pretty much under a microscope right now, so they can't, right? They can't come after him. Um, but they can go after other things. So, you know, like they killed all his pigeons. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, no, I thought his, uh, the little boy in his gang did it. I mean, well, I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Cause they, yeah. um, I mean, by transitive property, yeah. I guess. Well, and you know, none of the other of his friends are talking to him. Right. Cause he ratted. Right. 
Uh, he's not getting any jobs now. Nope. Um, and and I love that he he pretty much tells Johnny like, yeah, no, I'm proud. Like, yeah, I ratted on you, and yeah. I'm proud of it. Right. Which again, if, if Scorsese was directing it, he'd be dead a <laughs> long time ago. Um, and then this is where we get that fight that I was talking about of of you know. Terry had him, you know, and even the the longshoremen were like, he's fighting like he used to. Right. You know, and, but then Johnny had to be a little bitch. Right. Calling his lackeys. Um, and it's such... So I legitimately thought, I was like, oh, he's dead. Right. That's so it. So did I. He's dead. Yeah. That's it. He's done. Movie's over now. Um, but we get this great final 10 minutes mm-hmm. of the Doc men finally being like, you know what? No. We're done listening to you, Johnny. Yeah. And they kind of rally Terry to his feet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this I it felt like one shot, but I love the editing of the POV and then seeing how he's wide. It just yeah, yeah. The whole sequence is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we end. You yeah. know, we end with him well, sort of in a way. I mean, I know it's not the exact definition of a martyr. But he sort of, in a way, is a martyr. Mm-hmm. In a way, yes, he survives. But you know, he has inspired so much hope mm-hmm. in these men that they're like, yeah, you know what, we can do through this. his tragedy. Correct. He yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Again, he didn't die, so he's not an actual martyr. Right, right, right. But, but yeah, you know, and it's, and the movie ends on such a hopeful note that, you know, because Johnny's out there making these. Pretty much empty threats because mm-hmm. he's been cut off yeah. from the powers that be. Yeah. Which I love that we don't, we didn't, I didn't know what that was at first until I looked it up. You know, the guy's like, turn off that. And if he calls, I'm not in. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like a time of day, anytime. I'm like, what does that mean? Because we hadn't heard anything about that, but Johnny's higher ups oh, are, yeah. are, they cut him off. Yeah. Because he got ratted on. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it's... so He's, he's losing have, control of, of his... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Such such an amazing way to end that movie. Yeah. Because, again, I for sure, I was like, Terry's dead. Which, again, is interesting because that's not how the story goes, right? Yeah. In real life. That's not how it went. In, yeah. in fact, shooting on set, set, on location, mm-hmm. um, Kazan was terrified. He had armed guards... Yeah, really? Because the mob still ran it. Oh, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, it's 1954. So Holy shit. Uh, the yeah. mob is still in control of that area. And so um, they were, I mean, he was pretty nervous. Uh, doing, And so it's funny that he's making a movie about someone going against and winning. Winning when, in fact, that's not what happened <laughs> at all. Right. Yeah, which, which is a good segue to circle back to because I know you wanted to talk about it. Uh, the the red scare yeah you know um, name and names welcome back to a history lesson everyone <laughs> uh i know we kind of touched on it a little bit i think in our chaplain episode mm-hmm. uh of course during when uh i don't even know his first name but mccarthy joseph mccarthy yeah was on a fucking war path trying to uncover communists living within america uh essentially a modern day Salem witch trial. Yeah. Um, and you know, so many people were accused of being communist, uh, or communist 
sympathizers. That's what they did with Chaplin. They branded him a sympathizer. Right. Which was enough to kick him out of the country. Of course. Um, yeah, man. What a weird time in American history. I know. Um, right, because, I mean, they were so terrified of communism being um, being promoted by the people who are so influential in mm-hmm. not only people's living rooms, but on the big screen, right? Yeah. Um, so... Take yourself now back. It's 1955. Okay. Uh, it's the Academy Awards. And On the Waterfront wins eight Oscars. Holy okay. shit. I know. Okay. Okay. You ready? I'm this ready is to... a quote from Elia Kazan okay. uh, in his autobiography. It says, after he won Best Picture, uh, after it won, like, um, hold on, Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Director. Okay. Those are the big ones that it won. Okay. Um, he says... Was this in his acceptance speech? No, this is in his autobiography. Oh, okay. He said, I was tasting vengeance that night and enjoyed it. On the Waterfront is my story. Every day I worked on that film, I was telling the world where I stood and my critics can go and fuck themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's what he said. Nice. um, It's interesting because, you know, obviously he has critics where people, um, other filmmakers and other people in the industry hated that he's using this film to justify his actions during, during the McCarthyism and, and during the, the, the hearings, the witch trials. Right. And I, you know, it's tough because I love the movie, right? Mm -hmm. I like his other stuff. Kazan. Um, if you, yeah, if you've seen, I'm trying to think of another like Kazan that you may have heard of. There's there's a bunch, but um, sorry, but it's it's hard to justify that specifically, right? Uh-huh. It's hard to justify him going against people that he works with, right? Yeah. Um, and or you know in the same industry, right? In calling out people's names and getting them blacklisted, right? Yeah. And potentially kicked out of the country, right? I mean, oh, that's yeah. sort of yeah. like, the, that's the big punishment. Uh, but really, the the smaller, more significant punishment is you can't work anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, Dalton Trumbo being a really good example of this. Oh, yeah. Right. Where Didn't, didn't uh, Brian Cranston play him in a movie? Yes, and it was pretty good. Um, he couldn't have his name on Roman Holiday. They put it, they put his name on it finally, I think in like 2008. Like, I mean, it was, it took that long to, uh-huh. to finally get some recognition and, because and he, credit. Because again, uh, people were being accused all over the place. He actually wasn't a communist or anything. They just, because more than likely he probably said something that sounded. It was calm. either that or in his writings, right? In his, in his like, films. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's enough. Right. Right. Again, this was a really weird time. Yeah. And it, it's weird to, to have someone be triumphant. Yeah. After, <laughs> exactly. It, it's, he is exactly right when he says that on the waterfront is my story. Right. Because yeah. he sees himself as Terry. Right. Yeah. Um, as being looked down upon for what he thought was the right thing, which was to rid the world of 
the horrible thing of communism, right? This horrible right. idea, this horrible ideology, this dangerous um, precedent of communism. Yeah. Um, and it might even be, it might even go as far as he was terrified of it because of what, of how people presented communism to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, them believing that it would be an epidemic. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, which, you know, I'm sure people live in this country that are communists, right? Um, yeah. Today, and you would never know because number one, who cares? Number two, well, it's and, not going to affect anybody else around. Well, and 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 and, and communism, communism is less prevalent now. Well, I mean, of course, you know, right? I mean, Russia's communism fell, so right. And so I, again, weird time. Yeah, very weird time. Weird time during the Cold War and all this communism shit. Yeah. But it's it's just strange because I didn't know this about Kazan, that he named names, right? Yeah. That he ratted, basically. Um, <laughs> and it's just so bizarre to think about him that way because, again, I'm a fan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's hard to, to say he's a great person because he's not for that, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's like a because again this was this is sort of like the I would say the 21st century and I hate bringing this up but it's a, I think it's a decent example is cancel culture is a good uh, yeah. 21st century example of this because yeah. you don't need a lot of evidence yeah right that's true uh, and of course during McCarthyism uh, and during the the yeah. hearings yeah, there the was little, no evidence yeah. I mean it was just yeah, like little to no evidence at all exactly uh, there's a great film. Uh, about the investigation and um, and workings into taking down McCarthy um, called Good Night and Good Luck, um, directed by George Clooney. Shout out to George Clooney. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's great. You, you don't need to know a lot about it, but you need to know some about that time. Uh, yeah. to not be confused. Yeah. I remember, I remember being in, uh, I think it was like freshman year of high school. I remember being there and, and learning about all this. And I was just like, what, like so weird. Like, it's weird. It's, it's weird. hard to wrap your head around because it's so bizarre. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's Americans blaming Americans for I know. the smallest infraction. I know. You know, it's, I mean, but then again, it's, it's history repeating itself, you know, the civil war, you know, then before that it was even the actual Salem witch trials, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, hold on. There was something about that in here in my, my screenshots about him hating, um, um, not Arthur Miller. What's the guy's name? McCarthy? No. Oh yeah. It is Arthur Miller. So it says here on the waterfront is widely known to be an act of expiation on the part of Elliot Kazan for naming names during the Joseph McCarthy hearings. Right. Right. Um, It is less widely reported uh, that Elliot Kazan intended it as a direct attack uh, at his former close friend, Arthur Miller, who had been openly critical of Kazan's actions uh, specifically um, it was a direct response to the play The Crucible. Really? So, um, 
so I looked up the I looked up the word expiation because I had I didn't know what it was because I'm stupid uh-huh. and it, it says um, expiation is like uh, feeling guilty or grief over your decisions but that's bullshit because that's Kazan is like aha yeah <laughs> I was right you see you know and so I don't think that was the right word for that yeah because that's not right maybe because again the the rest of that the rest of that bit was um was no he was attacking you know people who criticized him for naming names like i mean you know what i mean yeah so you can't be you can't feel guilty and then you know yeah and then say aha but i don't know i don't know enough about it but i the very little research i had time to do um this was it um this film is so brilliant and I, I think that I understand people's criticism of once, you know, it ruins it, right? Like once, you know, he's trying to justify his actions, it's sort of weird, but I think that you can separate the art from the artist. I'm pretty good at that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, and again, it's hard, right? I, I feel like Terry because I'm teetering a line of, you know, I understand Kazan was terrified of this threat of communism and especially during the Cold War, which is an insane time in and of itself, not mm-hmm. just for the McCarthy hearings, but just the Cold War itself. Yeah, in general, yeah. Um, but then I'm also like, dude, like, what are you ratting on people for? You know, don't be yeah. a snitch. Um, well, it's I mean, weird. I mean, it's weird. Not, not to, I mean, it's kind of like me and my relationship with uh, Kanye West, like, I think he's an insane human being. He's insane. But I love his music. He's insane. Uh, his music's dope. Um, say what you will, but Donda is the album he wanted to make, and it's a dope-ass album. Sure. But... I can't believe we found a way to put... To to talk about Kanye in this It's because episode. I finally actually started listening to my Donda vinyl, because uh-huh. I've never actually listened to the album from start to finish. Uh-huh. And I was like, damn, it's actually really good. It's good. It's really fucking good. I'll never know. But... I um again I you know a mo- the movie at face value is brilliant right there's Absolutely. no denying that there's, Absolutely. there's no denying the brilliance there's no denying the acting is superb right 100% the the story is is great right yeah. it's it's filled with tension and drama and and catharsis right mm-hmm. Eva Marie Saint she's an angel but again, it's it's weird once you find once yeah. you once you look into what, it. More, yeah, what, yeah, once you're like, it's weird, uh, right? It, it's okay. very yeah, it, it's bizarre. But I, I love the film. I think it's brilliant. I think Brando's, you know, it's brand it's Brando at the peak peak Brando. Well, well the, the, the first peak of his yeah career. first peak Brando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he yeah before he started yeah, yeah, yeah before he got. <laughs> Before he got weird and then got weirder. Yep. But um, I, I think again, the movie's phenomenal. I think it, it deserves to be talked about the way it is. 100%. It deserves to be on the tops of all these lists. Um, the music's great. We mentioned the music. It's loud, but it's good. Yeah, it, it is. It is really good, but yeah, it is sort of like a theater piece, right? Which explains Again, why they chose the person they chose. Yeah. Um, because the the music 
plays into the tone of that scene so well that having someone whose background is in musicals really helps in that mm-hmm. in that respect, right? Yeah. Because the whole idea of musicals is having the the music be a character, right? Yeah. And, and you know, work with the little whatever. Yeah. Um, movie's brilliant. I'm glad we did it. Um, and I'll probably see it again. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to actually watch it, watch my Criterion. It was on, oh, H- yeah, uh, it was on, oh, HBO, on HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is the wrap-up, wrap-up, wrap-up. It is, sorry. But no, you're all good. No, but yeah, I'll probably definitely rewatch it again because, you know, again, I had to, I had to, I watched an hour, stopped for about eight hours. I thought about watching it, it on the drive. Um, but... But I didn't want it to be on my phone. And I also yeah. didn't want to lose signal because I... It gets um, to a really intense part, and you're like, "What? What, what happened?" Right, and I, I, and I was explaining to Haley because she, you know, she was just trying to help me out. She's like, "You know, you can watch it on the drive, and I'll drive longer than we normally do." Right? Y'all split it. We half. split it. Yeah. And um, I was like, "That's really nice of you, but I don't want to watch it on my phone. I want to watch it yeah. on a screen." I, you know what I mean? Um, Ashley and I have never split the drive when we go to Austin. No, I, I drive us the whole way there. She's driven us before. Austin's but... not so bad. Yeah, that's true. And we don't we don't split it in half. I, I want to make that perfectly clear. I drive for four and some hours, and then she drives the rest. But yeah. uh, it's because I don't want to drive through Dallas, and she does that. She likes it. Why? Then I don't want to drive through Dallas. I don't want to deal with all the traffic <laughs> and all the all the exits and the turning and the you know fast. Cars. So, I mean, that's how I feel about San Antonio. But I suck it up and do it anyway. Right, right, right. Anyway. All right, buddy. Well, do you want to know what we're talking about next week? I would love to. I'm excited because we're we're gearing up to the end bits yeah. of our list. Yeah, and I know you got bangers left. So Yeah, we got... Yeah, so this will be episode 24. Jesus Christ. So that means we got <laughs> 16 left. Okay. And then we have the end of season... Oh yeah, series. yeah, that's different. But yeah, um, yeah, man. So okay, and you got some. Yeah, like I'm saying, you got bangers left. So uh, like if anyone was out. watching on YouTube, you probably saw me duck down because I actually I got really busy at work. Like I'm talking a full hour rush, like slam packed. That's very unusual. Uh, well, and I, well, I'm also training a new employee right now, so mm. there's only so much she can do. And, uh, and so of course I'm like having to juggle some customers cause one of my other full timers was on lunch. And so I was just like, shit. Typical. And, uh, but anyway, so, so I didn't actually have a chance to sit and look at my list and figure out what I want to do next. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. When I pulled it up, I was like, oh, we're going to do that one. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. Wow. So you keep holding out on me with the really good ones. You know what I mean? You're saving those for last. Yeah, dog. Mainly because I, I want to be emotionally ready. Understand. And mentally ready. Understand. Especially when we do odd man out. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot you that. had that one. Or, uh, yeah, when we do silo. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. Could you imagine? That will be your solo episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, but then after looking at it, uh, I know what we're going to do next week. Okay, cool. So next week, we're going to do The Farewell. Oh, okay. With uh, Aquafina. Okay. And that's the only actor I know. 
Um, I had heard about this movie, one from the buzz, because, you know, everyone said Aquafina did an amazing job. Yeah, and her popularity was pretty high off Crazy Rich Asians and... Shang-Chi? She done that yet? Well, not yet, but okay. her show, Nora from Queens. That's right. Because her real name is Nora. Um, but then, yeah, but then that's how she got Shang-Chi. Yeah. Uh, which I'd never seen Crazy Rich Asians or Nora from Queens, but I did see Shang-Chi and she was hilarious. She, I was like, wow, like, she's not as annoying as people say she is. And I think the only thing I've seen her in was Ocean's 8. Oh, sorry, I forgot she's in that one. Yeah. Uh, sidebar, she's going to be playing Scuttle in the new Little Mermaid movie. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but but anyway, so this YouTube channel I had kind of stumbled upon years back did a whole, kind of like what we do, but over just the farewell and why he oh. loved it so much. And it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Um, it really is. Uh, and, you know, we've we've talked a lot about cultural things on the show before and right. so it'll be interesting to where is she from what nationality is she from uh or where, where where's your family from she's american but or well, uh, i think she's uh, i think she's chinese american or chinese so uh china yeah. yes well, yeah because in ikiru you know we had discussed the cultural significance of them not telling him he has stomach cancer yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's it sort of it feels like that yeah me. that 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 her grandmother, and this is all I know from the trailers, that her grandmother is dying, but they're not going to tell her. Right. And just the family's there to... But they want to spend time with her, but not tell her why. Yeah. It's so bizarre, but yeah, I, and, it's and, interesting. Yeah, especially coming, you know, our main character, Aquafina, uh, you know, having kind of grown apart from her family, mm-hmm. how she deals with it, you know. Right. And and, and I've just heard it's, it's it's just an amazing movie, and of course it's done by our favorite people a24 right so that was a sell for me Haley might watch this one with she might like this one i have a feeling she will uh because i'm gonna try to get ashley to watch it with me as well Um, i mean she's gonna be down because it's fairly new and it's in english (laughs) well most of it i think i would assume some of it might be i think it's probably half and half i think half is mandarin and half yeah because from the trailer she speaks English with her fam with her parents, and then when she's talking to her grandmother, she's speaking Mandarin. Uh, Sorry, but, I um, I, it's it's I have to tell her every once in a while. I go, "Hey, I'm gonna watch this movie. It's in Russian." Or she's, she's like, "Well, count me up." <laughs> it's in Icelandic. Yeah, I'm so uh, sorry. It's in uh, traditional Icelandic. Yeah, speech. Uh, I don't know what they speak. In it is in sign language. <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, again, the tribe. Oh, hey, that's Coda. We'll eventually do the tribe. What's that? Um, Ukrainian, I think. Um, Ukrainian film, again, I think. And uh, the entire film is in sign language. There are no subtitles. Uh, oh. I've, I've talked about it before on the show. Um, you You get the story through context clues, through... Um, through the character's body language, through facial expressions, through uh, and of course okay. what they're doing, but um, it's fascinating. And if you know Russian sign language, you get some, you you understand some of it. Or if you, of course, if you know Ukrainian <laughs> sign language, you get all of it. But uh, <laughs> doubtful that you do. So. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, we hoped you enjoyed on the waterfront. 
and we will see you next week for the farewell.